This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. Are you good? How do you know how good you are? Well, it's complicated. What makes you good is if you tell people your value and charge more money. <laughs> what does what does being a great filmmaker mean? How does great filmmaking even contribute to success? Probably one of the hardest times to self-reflect is probably when you're first just starting because you just haven't done it long enough yeah. to, to know what those fundamentals really are. I think you're not really like good until the things that most people ask about in Facebook groups are no longer issues to you. If you constantly are actually just literally making fundamental mistakes with your filmmaking, you're not good yet. No one else is going to solve the problem for you. <laughs> you have to figure it out. And it's like, actually, no one cares. Remember that feeling? It was like, oh, I this moment is so good. Like, And then you watch the whole film, you're like, it's still mad. You know? You should want to get good. Yeah. That's what I would say. This is a great goal. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared. We have another great episode for you today. I'm here with my business partner and friend, Jason McCutcheon. What's up, man? What's up? We're doing this episode for a second time because the first one was corrupted. We're not supposed to tell people this. I want to listen. We're about transparency on this podcast. Uh, at least it's not with a guest today. If yes. you're watching this, you're stuck with Jason and I. Again, um, we oftentimes have people on our show. We've had a, a lot of awesome guests lately. Yeah. Um, Season three has been a little different. We've been trying, you know, not We've been trying to do a good job this time. Actually trying this yeah. time. <laughs> That's been like the big difference in the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, you know, there's been all kinds of like crazy drama in the wedding world. You know, big national wedding companies going out of business, not paying people. It's been booking season. It's been, there's just, there's a lot going on. 2023 is shaping up to be uh, just a little bit of a hot potato. It's interesting. It's interesting. Lots of talks about recession. I just did that uh, saleable episode on, um, you know, what to do for, to prepare for that. So if you're interested in, in learning about some steps that you can take to prevent that from happening to you or, or just being ready for something like that happening, um, that's a good thing to look into. Um, but today we have kind of um, an interesting episode that's uh, I think would be hard to do with a guest. And so it, it's really exploring some concepts that I think uh, can benefit people's businesses. But before we hop into this, I wanted to read an article really quick, Jay. I like um, that. I like articles. San Francisco vote to allow police use of deadly robots spurs <laughs> concern and outrage. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are um, they should not allow the use of deadly robots well, on citizens. I, I agree. I agree. But but I will say usually those articles are like the most extreme, ex like least nuanced explanation of what they actually voted on. Yes. So like if they literally voted like – we can have some robots, and yes, this robot could be fitted with a gun, but ours will be fitted with, I don't know, like bomb squad equipment. Yes. I would say they should probably allow that. Or what if they allowed a robot that would pick up human feces? I mean, that seems like a great use in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yes. So yes. I would say like, I guess I would say it depends on what they actually said. Um, but if it's like, yes, these will be the kill squad, 
I'm not in favor of that. I, I think it's only a matter of time where they do that. Um, so I, I think people should just be prepared. And the real question is, what kind of ammunition could you use against a robot? And would it actually... I mean, I've seen those things. I think that, like, just run for 20 minutes and that thing is out of batteries. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That Black Mirror episode is literally the robot dogs. Like, it, have you seen that Black Mirror episode where it's literally chasing I, people I guess I would house? say is, like... Okay, here's the real philosophical question. You know, obviously, we're probably more on the end of war is bad, right? Yes. But but would you rather send troops or robots to fight wars? You know, I, I think if it was – if we eventually evolved into a civilized enough society where it was just like we had these battlefields which were just like – you just send your robot armies. Everyone had and to make like, the best robots had, and abide yeah, by what happened. Robo Wars. Isn't that a show where it's like you design your little robot with like spinny blades on it? And then you like, then you're just like, oh, you beat me. Therefore, I. Whatever the conflict you is. Get we have Crimea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like, well, think of it this way. Much better. But the military industrial complex would finally merge directly with the entertainment industry to form a TV show that we could all watch that was war. Yes, yes. If, I mean, there's nothing more that would make them happy than if they could strap cameras on soldiers and broadcast wars. Yes, yes. So I'm thinking, like... I, it will never happen, though, because at the end of the day, if just the richest country that has the best robots wins over and over again, it, it just, like, it'll never happen. I mean, I'm not in favor of any wars. Yes. So, um, I like Sorry wars. we talked about this. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, we talk about the issues here. The issues. We talk about the issues. One of the ones we're super <laughs> informed on. No. Uh, so today, what are we talking about? We're talking about, are you good? So uh, this is the title of the podcast. We'll dive into kind of what we mean by, are you good? And why it's important, I think, for a lot of wedding filmmakers to really be a little bit introspect here and, and um, you know, uh, how it actually helps their business and helps their decision-making process um, to re decisions, um, you know, regarding their Well, business. it's kind so of like an existential cr like crisis a lot of people have as artists is like there are people that <clears throat> I don't think everyone this affects them in some ways, but there are people who make art, even wedding filmmaking art, who like being good at it <clears throat> is almost more important than any other aspect of the wedding filmmaking that they're doing. You know, if you're an artist, you're putting your heart and soul into something, you want to be good. That's important to you. So, like, but in our field, if you're an artist who's also selling something with their art, not only does it make it satisfying slash unsatisfying or whatever, but it also kind of affects what you're selling, for how much, all those things. Like, it's, it's a really complicated issue. Like, I see it a lot in groups. Someone says, like, I don't know, I shouldn't do it because it's kind of trollish of me. But people will say, blah, 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 blah. I want to do X, Y, and Z. How much are you charge? And I always say, how good are you? Well, good. And like, you know, it's like, like, it's, that, it's like, a, it's not a relevant. That can't be answered. But, it, but it's super relevant. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if you're not good, well, then what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, if you are good, then how good? Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess the question I have is, what do you mean by good filmmaker? Like, to you, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, we'll dive into the, the, the full extension. But I, I think if I was to just say, yeah, they're a good filmmaker, you just kind of know. 
They're a good filmmaker. Like you of watch standard, film. right? We watched a, a film yesterday on um, WFS Live that I was like, it was at a country club, obviously out of the filmmaker's control. It was just kind of like a normal wedding. And I looked at the film and I was like, that is a good wedding filmmaker. The way he made that wedding film was really good for what he had to work with. And I think it's a combination of, you know, um, knowing how to produce a basic wedding film, getting all your points right, not making mistakes, not forgetting to record audio or a camera angle, like getting all your basics done, but then also having a, a general sense of like what it takes to storytell a wedding day. Um, and I think <laughs> in a way that's appeasing to me, that that's what makes a good Yeah, I would say like right? you're a good wedding filmmaker. Like I would use that phrase of like saying like to me it's just like of standard, right? Yeah. Doesn't you know in, in to me that means you can tell a wedding story in a way that elevates it beyond the simple things that are on the camera. Like you know how to craft that day and elevate that day with your camera and you know, in most cases with your editing. Um, that's to me kind of what I mean. Yeah. Now, even within that, there are levels. So I think a lot of like, it's hard for people who aren't good at all to discern if they're good. Now, yes. I, I do know some people have self-awareness. They're like, look, I'm just whatever. I'm just starting. I'm not that good yet. Yeah. They see the work that people that have been in the industry for 20 years are doing and they're like, I know I'm not there. I'm not these titans of the industry who are just these incredible filmmakers and yeah. they can tell like, yeah, that, I'm that's not, good. I'm not as good as this person or whatever, but like definitely I do find a lot of people like definitely I do find a lot of people who they're just not as good as they think they are, mm -hmm. you know? And like, they don't know the difference between their work and someone who's significantly better. Like you'll see them bagging on people like, oh, blah, 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 it's so boring, my stuff. And then you look at their work and you're like, dude, your work is so mediocre. Like, are you kidding me? And it's like <clears throat> the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, they just don't. They're so average to bad that they're, they don't have the skills necessary to determine how average to bad they are. You know, and so I think that is a little bit of a barrier in this conversation of, like, how good are you is, like, Definitely, if you don't have self-awareness, it can be hard to discern that. But I think th maybe the real question that we're going to try to answer in this podcast, because let's just assume you're good. If you're listening to this, let's assume you're pretty good. You have the self-awareness to know if you need help, submit a film critique or go talk to someone. But I do think the core question that everyone is always trying to ask good filmmakers is, okay, I know I'm good, but I don't know how good I am. Yeah. Like, am I re like, am I as good as like this? And then what does that mean? Yeah. Say you're like, I am awesome. I'm a top 1% skill wise and like, but I'm only charging $3,000 and I can't figure it out. Or, you know, like, what does it, does it even matter? Like if you're over an 80, say there's a score of one to 100, if you can hit 80 and then it, getting from 80 to 100 no longer improves your prices or ability to close films. How much does that matter? Even if you're good, but I do think it's a core question. How do you know if you're good? And if so, how good am I? Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like certain people might be like, Oh, it's not about a being good is not a destination. Yep. It's a journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think being good has a, 
pretty solid um, base of like, are you good or are you not good? Once you achieve that, then you're on a path to like greatness and how great you can be probably. Right? And it gets so, a lot more complicated at that point as yeah. to like, what does what does being a great filmmaker mean? How does great filmmaking even contribute to success? Mm-hmm. It's not linear at all. I think at one point it's a little bit linear. It's probably like if you're X quality, you can probably charge X. Yep. And then at a certain point, it's like, well, your films are really solid, but your website's terrible or your branding's terrible or your sales is te- – and like all those things. Maybe at the beginning, it's like 50% of your value is your how good you are at filmmaking. And then larger, more reputable brands and filmmakers, maybe it's like 20% of their value is the film itself. And the other 80% is a bunch of other things that aren't even their films. So so let's look at that because I think it'd be fun to explore how do you know if you're good and what are some ways you can evaluate um, how good you really are. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, th- there's a few different ways that you can probably um, do that. Um main like point what are your points of feedback like mm-hmm. what what are you um how are you getting that information like obviously doing self-reflection is important for yourself like am i good do you feel like you're a good wedding filmmaker yeah. yourself how do you feel about the film do that you you're like creating? your own films yeah like, yeah when you like would you do you, they make you cry <laughs> like simple things like that um you know are you again making those mistakes over and over again like um, you know, I think the first place to start is like asking yourself, do I feel like I'm a good wedding filmmaker? Yes. And you will know. Do you feel like you're a good wedding filmmaker mm. personally? I feel, I think I have to be realistic and say I am. Yeah. I don't feel very good a lot of times. I feel, I feel very technical. I feel like I know how to do it. I also feel like I have a sense of what people expect. But then a lot of times I feel like I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I feel like I'm shooting and I'm like, I don't know how to make this better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm shooting this and, or I don't feel passionate about this right now. I don't feel like I want to put the effort in, you know? And I'm like, that's limiting me. The fact that I can't process that <clears throat> or the fact that I don't care to fix it, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I know I can just get away with doing what I know. Right. Right. And I don't know what that means. Maybe that means I'm really good that you can just automatically do good things. Right. Maybe it means I'm just, who knows, but I I think I'm pretty good. Well, and I would say you are good. Uh, I know I'm a good wedding filmmaker. Um, but then it's like, then once you get to the, like, am I good? Am I like a base, just good wedding filmmaker? I would say yes to both of us. So congratulations. We did it. But, but you know, when it, when we're talking about greatness and then we're starting to talk about like, art and making something that is um, unique and an interesting perspective and captivates an audience outside of maybe uh, the couple. Or creates uh, like a reaction out of a person you're working with. Totally. Where you're like, you're drawing something out of them. Yeah. Like to me, those are like the next level things. And I don't know if I have those. Yeah. That, that That's where I start to feel a little less secure on like, where am I on this scale? Because um, I look at, you know, all time greats and I'm like, oh my God, they just create these great films but then i also talk to them and they're like i don't know about this film you know ah i don't know like you talk to art like artists they're like they don't know they know they're great but then they have these moments of insecurity that's just the nature of being an artist you have your own like looking at your own internal feedback and being realistic of like 
What is this feedback? Okay, if your feedback is, and I, this is what I do find. People who aren't good don't listen to their own feedback. Mm-hmm. So like they make mistakes with audio and they constantly make excuses. Mm-hmm. They make mistakes with like color and they constantly make like they compromise on things they shouldn't compromise on. Like, you know, or they just have a lot of mistakes. Maybe they hide them or whatever. But like if you constantly are actually just literally making fundamental mistakes with your filmmaking, you're not good yet. Mm-hmm. Like people who are good. I don't mess up any weddings. Like in a way that's disastrous. Because everything's just so second nature to you. It's almost it almost becomes I don't want to say impossible, but it's very hard to do. I would have to Because you see like in chess, you see like five moves ahead. You're like, this could happen, this could happen. Yes. I'm ready for them. Simple. But yeah. the thing you're thinking about is how to make it unique and special. Mm-hmm. I wanna be great. Yeah. You know, and so I'm I'm not thinking about my audio or any of the basic crap. And if and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with thinking about those things. I think you're not really like good until the things that most people ask about in Facebook groups are no longer issues to you. Even stuff like, oh, my footage, I only had one copy and then I delete. It's like you're not a good filmmaker if you aren't. Like, not to say if you make a mistake, but if you're just constantly making mistakes that have to do with your films, mm-hmm. don't do that. Like, that's a great feedback point for you to say, like, I got to get better. I'm, I need to grow in these areas, and then I'll be a good filmmaker. Um, I do think how you feel about the films also, like you said, though, is really important. Like, don't don't try to pretend like you're super humble with yourself. Like, if you're feeling yourself sometimes, which is – it's good to know that it's good to be like, I made a really good film. My vision was realized. I feel good about my work. If you never, ever, ever feel like that, maybe you should listen to yourself. Maybe you actually aren't making great work yet. I think it's, uh, probably one of the hardest times to self reflect as, as an artist, as a filmmaker is probably when you're first just starting because you just haven't done it long enough to, to know what those fundamentals really are. So, um, you know, just know if you're having a hard time and you're listening to this, you're like, I have no idea. I have no idea um, about how I feel about my films. It, it, because you're probably just frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like you're always frustrated and you're like, I don't feel good. I don't. And then, you know, you might have a little bit of a jump where you're like, oh, I did this really well. Oh, yeah. remember that feeling? It was yeah. like, oh, I, this moment is so good. Like you do something and then you watch the whole film. And you're like, it's still mad. You know, it's like, that's a good thing, by the way. And I would say if you're struggling with that, if you're always like frustrated with your films right now, know that's a good thing because you're growing. I like, think most people, most people, because I remember the first film we made that got Style Me Pretty and like did really well. Um, we had a lot of great conditions. And so we were able to see what can we do when everything's perfect. And I think like you're good when you can function in that environment and in another environment and early in our career when things were not great um we didn't make as good films yeah you know we'd be like um uh, we wouldn't know how to hand we didn't know how to elevate things or handle challenging situations as well so you'll see like these films where we have these great situations and the films are really solid and you're like wow i can't believe we made that 12 years ago and then you'll see films like i was watching one the other day and i was like ugh. What were you thinking? And I know the problem is we're like, oh, crap, this isn't that good. And we didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And when you kind of are like, like you said, like 
thinking five steps ahead, I think that's a good place for you to know. Like, I've, when you feel comfortable, even like a little bored mm-hmm. on a wedding day, like that's a good sign that you're probably like know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think the next one would be really critically important too, though, because you, if you're just comfortable doing something crappy and you don't actually ever expose this work to the real world, maybe you could get a little a little lulled into a false sense of confidence. And so I think the next one is like, okay, you have internal points of feedback, points of feedback. How do you feel? And then I think really important is external points of feedback. So what are some things somebody can like, what does the universe tell you about wedding films? If you're a wedding filmmaker? Well, first of all, um, you know, you could submit to WFS live every Thursday at 1 PM Eastern standard time and have us review your film. That's a great way to get, your film. I'm not uh, that nice getting, about it. I'll getting some honest great feedback. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> not to promote uh, ourselves, but uh, that's a great way to do it. Uh, but also, you know, just w- in general, what are people saying about your films? If you're posting it on a uh, Facebook group or Reddit or wherever on, on Instagram, what are other filmmakers saying about it? And, and understanding by the way, who the different points of contact are coming from too points of feedback are coming from. Well, and they're going to have different perspectives. They're going to have different things that they like. Yep, 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 exactly. Like a filmmaker is going to care about a lot more technical things than a bride will. So, um, you know, what are other people saying about it? Um, You know, when when you you post it, are they like, this is incredible, this is beautiful? Um, Or are they saying, wow, that venue looks pretty? (laughs) Like, Or uh, even everything's overexposed or your color is all over the place or... Or uh, is no one saying anything about it? Uh, can also say something too. Because um, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like when you're posting, you know, what are other people saying? Um, do people share your work? Are people, whether it's blogs or or the couple, is the couple sharing? Okay, here's a question I have while work? we're talking about couples. Yeah. Are couples reliable sources of feedback? Um, I yes and no. I think uh, you have to understand what a couple, why a couple is posting and why they are responding to you. Like anytime they post their wedding film, clearly like they're going to like it because they're in it. <laughs> uh, most people, I, I think they're totally biased. Uh, yeah. Couples totally are, biased I think, predisposed form. to like your work. Yes. So grain of salt. I think what isn't a grain of salt with couples is if you get similar criticisms from couples. Sure. Like if, if, if people are constantly saying, I don't like X or I don't like Y about your work, I think that's a place to look at and go, maybe there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, hey, you, this this toast just doesn't feel right. Or, you know, or, hey, can we change this song if I, you're like, getting if, that a lot? Yes. Like, that would be one of the biggest points of feedback I think a lot of filmmakers probably ignore. Mm-hmm. My couples, they're dumb. They don't know what's good. They don't pick the right music, blah, blah, blah. I was talking to you about music the other day, and I was like, ah, I just listened to this song, and it was was thinking about a scene in my head, and I can't use it because it's a metal song by the Mm -hmm. Deftones. Yeah. You know? And and it's like just acknowledging to you, like, we can only pick certain types of music for wedding films. Yep. It's like if you're just like – don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you're just like constantly misaligned with your couples or with what you shot or the venues. Like, that's a big thing to keep in mind. And like, you can feel however you want about it creatively, 
you're not good at wedding filmmaking if you don't understand that your job is to make couples like the films you give them. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, totally. Like that's kind of what it is. That's your job. And so I think. I think it, the hardest thing here is most of the time you don't get a lot of feedback. Yeah. Like or how it's many, like, great. Yeah. Yeah. How many filmmakers are like distraught when you send you, you send the film to the couple and then you just hear right radio silence afterwards. They're just like, uh, did they hate it? More than likely when someone doesn't respond, they love their film. <laughs> They're just like, this is great. Uh, the, the people that respond are either people that are uh, nice and want to give you a compliment and just be like, oh, I can't believe, or maybe you created a connection with them and you have this like personal thing. Like that, that's someone who's probably going to respond. But then also um, when people, <laughs> you know, have a little bit of criticism or want changes or whatever, that's a fe- good feedback point. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It's it's one of those things where you have to kind of, I think you have to fish for it sometimes. Yeah. You know, and but you also have to learn how to read the tea leaves a little bit, you know. Um, and the more you do it, I think as of before, we're talking about like you're getting started, it's hard to know. The more you do this, the more you'll learn to read people and understand couples. So one of the biggest things I would encourage anyone, especially new people, is some of the stuff we're talking about here, you're not going to be able to answer truthfully yet and because you just don't have enough reps and you don't have enough experience. And so that's kind of just part of the game is like stay in the game long enough to learn how to read the tea leaves and learn how to discern how people feel about stuff. Yep. yep. And, and that, that should be encouraging. If you're a new filmmaker, know that it does get easier. It does. Um, to, to understand these points of feedback that you're probably getting already. So. Yeah. I think the other one is um, we we're talking about like, Okay, what's another feedback point a wedding filmmaker might get? I think, um, and and this is specifically on your work. I think we can go a little deeper too. But on your is like social media. How do people respond on social? You know, um, is it one of the things you want to look at in, when you're evaluating social? And it's a little different on TikTok and Instagram. Is points of engagement? You know, and. Like, for instance, I know if you post on TikTok, you're going to get a bunch of, like, 80-year-old women who just like moments. And and it's like, that's not meaningless, but it's not as meaningful to me as if a bunch of my core audience on Instagram likes it, shares it. And the big one is people who save it. Mm -hmm. People who tag – if someone sees your work and they go save, that means that's a typically a bride or a groom who's shopping – Who's like, I might want to work with this person. They could even be three or four years out from getting engaged. Yes. Yes. Like this is something that made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to forget it. Like learning how to read social media. If like, and the problem with social media is you don't control the reach totally. Yep. But you just kind of want to be able to look at it and say like, okay, like when I post things that are like this, people respond well. And when I post things like this, people ignore it. And or no one ever even like responds to my stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's important. Yep. And another big one is is your booking and non-booking feedback. Which, well, that's the biggest which, one, right? Which, yeah, the one that I really care about. Uh, and this is a form of probably client feedback. Do you think but it's lead generation is 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 maybe before that? Totally. Yep. Lead generation. How many people are reaching out? Because. Um, Definitely, definitely. If you have a lot of people who are reaching out, but then a lower booking rate, it's probably just because your prices are high. But all this, uh, all these tell a different story yes. of like, you know, and, and I would say also just a, a part of, uh, you know, these feedbacks have to do with like whether or not you're good. 
Um, you know, it's all. I would say leads have more to do with whether or not you're good. Bookings have more to do with what you're offering and how much. Sure. And a little bit, are you talking to the right person? Yep. But I would say like, though that's easier to tweak. Yep. Like you can be like, okay, I need to lower my prices or change my offerings yep. or get in front of the right people. If no one's reaching out, it doesn't mean that you're bad. Yeah. It could mean that your marketing is terrible and you have terrible branding and there's yep. a lot of other problems to fix. But it could also mean that you suck and yeah. that your work is bad and someone else in your area is significantly better. That's where the how good I am is. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're good, but you're like by good, I mean 40th best at the exact same price point and also your marketing is bad. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anyone's going to be inquiring with you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying essentially, you know, if you're good – and people are finding you on these social media platforms. And if they're the right demographic, then you're probably going to get a lot of leads. And then booking could be different based on pricing and availability and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I yeah. guess goodness, like quality of work does affect it. Like sure. if you're really, really good yep. and you say, hey, no, I'm a premium provider. And yep. somebody goes, okay, I, I, can, I can see why you're charging what you're charging. Yep. Certainly... And like it's a snowball effect, right? Because yeah. like you being good is also do people perceive you as good? Because if everyone around you says this person's good, yeah. people kind of get pressured into that. Yeah, that's why reviews matter. That's why all the things matter that you get in front of people is like being good. Like the average person can't discern if you're actually that good. Yeah, and I would also say with this part, like who are the people that are in those leads? If it's just a bunch of random people that are finding you through Instagram. That's great. Any leads are good, but are they repeat customers? Are they referrals from couples that you've shot in the past? Are they referrals from planners? Are these planners reaching out? Because planners are much more involved in the, you know, um, uh, repeat customers. Did you get them from a bride's group where you posted a really cheap price? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. <clears throat> like yep. all those things matter. Like I would, I would think like, I guess the real point here, right, is like, how do you know how good you are? Well, it's complicated. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's complicated. And, and like a lot of it's going to be, I think like in a perfect answer, we would say, you know how good you are when you generate tons and tons of leads and make tons of money. Mm -hmm. If you are doing that, you are good. Yep. You, you are good. If you are not doing that, that doesn't mean you're not good. And that's kind of where it gets complicated is like, you definitely can't do the prior without being good, mm -hmm. but you can definitely do the latter and still be good. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, w when we first started something that stood out to me was either photographers or filmmakers that I was like, how could they be charging that much money when they're not really that good? And I think I was wrong in saying that because those people, you have to be good in order to just get consistent work, stay regular. But it's just a matter the, what I was really saying was they're not as good as other people's talent level, but they're charging more. How do they charge more? Yes. Um, yeah. And th that's such a misunderstanding in our industry. Yeah. Is people think like he's the best filmmaker, so he should charge the most. Yes. I don't feel that way anymore at all now. Like there are filmmakers who I'm like, yeah, he's really good, but um, that, that it's going to limit him. That's going to affect their price. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's the best. It's so creative. So this. And I'm like, yeah, but rich people won't like it. 
like rich people only like this one thing. Well, that's boring. Okay, fine. Like that's a different discussion. Yeah. But like whether or not, and that's not entirely true. Totally true, by the way. Like I know plenty of rich people like a bunch of different things. Yeah. But um, but there the correlation between like price and quality. I think after a certain point, I don't know what that number is, like it starts to diverge. Yep. You know, like for instance, like there are some looks that just are worth more money. Mm-hmm. The more editorial, sorry, the more editorial, I should say, something is probably the more money you can charge for it. Absolutely. The more avant-garde it is, definitely it's worth something, but I think it's going to cap out your price. Mm-hmm. Now, who's better as a filmmaker? Like, right. It's probably doesn't. There's no correlation, really. Probably right. both of them could be equally as good, or one could be better, and one. It's like, you know, I guess there's a secondary discussion of how good is my brand, mm-hmm. how good am I at marketing, how good am I at sales. Like those are complicated. We're not really talking about that so much, but I do think it's easy for people to get overly cynical, overly frustrated about like why am I like probably a more relatable example. Because we're kind of talking parts of the market that a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, easy for you to say. Um, you're a local filmmaker, right? You just got on the market, and you're looking at your local competitors, and you're like, that guy, he's terrible. He's like terrible filmmaker. You know, he's just so bad. Why, why is he always getting booked? I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. And like, I might be like, yeah, you are. You're better than him. Well, why is he getting booked? Well, he's been here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And you, you just talked about it too. Like, what do you do if you're good and it's just not working? Right? Like, w- like there's plenty of people out there who are great filmmakers. I'm like, oh, yeah, they should be shooting 30, 40 weddings. They're like, I have 10. You know? Like, it's just not working. So I would think- you say the, the, the problem is other places? What, what would you say? You know, it is – I don't want to say – I typically – I typically like to say, how can I own the problem? Mm-hmm. If I have a problem, how can I own it? Because that means I can change it. Um, so I know some people don't like that because it's like, oh, you're blaming me. Well, no, not necessarily. I'm just giving you the opportunity to be the solution. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll say no one else is going to solve the problem for you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, it, no it one, it, it's like actually no one cares. Like, yeah, no one cares about you. That's truth. the Sorry. truth. Like, And actually you failing is better for me. Yeah. Like it's better for every other filmmaker that you don't make films. Yeah. So the reality is they might be nice and good humans and want to help you. And that's awesome. But at the end of the day, you're the only solution. So mm-hmm. I would say looking at your own self and evaluating like, why am I not doing things? Like, you know, I've, I've known people who make good work and, but every time you talk to them, they can only talk about, two or three bad interactions they had in the industry with people who I think they need to have good relationships with and why that person wronged them. And they're just so like preoccupied with a bunch of things that honestly are not the point. And honestly, I'm like, you have no self-preservation though. Like you don't mind ruining your reputation with these people to be right. And it's like, if you are really like, if you've been in a market for like six, eight years and at one point you did like 20, 30 weddings. And then since then you've slowly done less weddings that should tell you something super dramatic about 
who you are as a person. And, and like, I don't know what that is, but it's like, you got to be honest. Have you had terrible experiences with like, do you have just drama all the time? Are you just hard to work with? Have you constantly delivered late? Yeah. Have like you moved into irrelevance in terms of like, yeah, what, what you're, you're making. making. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really hard questions because it's like, am I good? Okay. Well, yeah, maybe, but like, is that the end all be all? And like, is it enough to be good? It's not enough. Now you need to be good, but like, like a lot of people who at one point were good or are still good can't even take advantage of that because of a bunch of other things. So I think like making like being a good filmmaker, the end all be all with your own like art and business is probably a fool's errand. And it's ultimately like not something that you should be satisfied with because a lot of people they're in that place and they make pretty good films. And you know, like I don't want to rip on people, but I remember like a guy was like, he's a good filmmaker and like I've seen this a bunch of times. So if you're thinking I'm talking about you, I might be, but I'm <laughs> definitely talking about a bunch of people. So and then you go to their website and it's just it's like it has unfinished pages, like the, like just terrible like package progression, like just nonsensical like 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 spelling errors, grammatical errors, missing assets on the website and it's like and i and I say to them like this is bad and they're like yeah my website i know and it's like <laughs> you wouldn't buy a shoe from a company that had a website that looked like yours yeah and you want someone to pay you four thousand dollars as a wedding filmmaker or see past this quality like what does it say about someone who isn't willing to put time or effort into the first interaction they have with a couple jared like, what does that say to the couple? Yeah, that that uh, you they're pretty much able to tell the future. And <laughs> like, if you don't have a finished website, what makes you them think that you're ever gonna finish their wedding film? Like, yeah. but <laughs> it's just like clear as day the message. It's like um, I'm not thorough. Mm -hmm. I'm not thoughtful. It like you ever go to someone's house and like, and I'm totally will talk about this. Yeah. Do you remember the time someone invited us? over for lunch and we got there and this person didn't give us any lunch. <laughs> yep. And you, how awkward it was. Like, and then, yeah, yeah. And then we, he was like, well, there's a convenience store down the street. He made us get our food from a convenience <laughs> we like, store. We drove our wives some... an hour to have lunch with this person. <laughs> and then we, and then he's like, you know, we have to take our kids to the park. You can come with us. And we're like, us and our wives are walking around this town with this person. They're not speaking to us. The wife didn't speak to us at all. Yeah. The yeah. children, and we're just all standing there watching him play with his kids. Yeah. And it was just A, insanely bizarre. But B, like, I was like, this person either forgot we were coming over, which is not possible, I guess, because I was texting them. Yeah. Or like, quite literally, just is one of the most inconsiderate people. Yeah. Like, and like, you know, I always think about that Bible verse where Jesus is like, I go to prepare a place for you. Okay. Right. And I just always think about like, or like all the areas where like just different things where like biblical things are, this person's preparing for you. And I always think about that in terms of the hospitality industry. 
like at the core of like a human experience is wanting to know that you are prepared for and like expected. Mm-hmm. Like you go somewhere and like, you, you know, when I go to a nice hotel and they have a letter that says, hi, Mr. And Mrs. McCutcheon, happy anniversary. Here's a gift. Mm-hmm. That is the most delicious chocolate thing ever. No, I don't buy those chocolates. I don't care about little bonbons. Mm-hmm. I don't eat those. I eat all of those. Yeah. Why? Because it was thoughtful. Yeah. And I think like a lot of filmmakers are so hung up on being good that they don't care about what their brand or image says to people because that they're unthoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you. I, I, clearly, like we said, you have to get to a certain place of being good where your product is saleable. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can book up on that. You can book up on that. Maybe you can't charge $10,000 for a wedding film. But you can have a full schedule based on just being good. You might even be able to have like kind of a crappy website. Sure. Maybe. Kind of a crappy website. You know, you're charging your $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for films. Like, great. You have a good business. You're a good filmmaker. But then I think you're right in that a lot of people get hung up on thinking like, because this worked for me, I got so much better in the first two years of my uh, my business, growing my business that it grew my business to 30 weddings. Therefore, I just have to keep on getting better to keep on raising or prices. Or they don't understand why national brands take their work. Because you know what national brands have, Jared? Uh, Great websites. For marketing. Yeah, it's true. Yep. And so it's like, I'm looking at this person. I'm looking at this person. This person has seemingly the same quality of work, yep. but a way better website and cheaper. This person is an artist who's yeah. really going to care about you, yep. but then they didn't even bother to finish the website. Totally. And it's like couples are just going to pick whoever's website's better. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I would say as soon as you get good, as soon as you get to that place of being like, I'm a good <laughs> filmmaker, there's a lot of other things that you should be looking to do in order to increase in experience and uh, increase the quality of um uh, yeah, the overall experience, but then also increase your prices. Yeah, too. and your fe- the feedback you're getting from the universe becomes more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you know you're good, but everything else isn't really working, maybe no. there's some areas where you're not good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and I don't think we say this as people that are like, a lot of people will be like, you guys are too business-minded. You don't value creativity. I would disagree. I think you and I love creative people and love art like more than most people actually i think you and i Way talk more. about art conceptually all it's the time my entire life it's yes. everything i think about all day if i walk into the room and you both of us will do it independently if travis is shooting b-roll of a camera cage yeah and i'm like why are you shooting it like that yes shoot it good right oh uh, well uh well it's just a ca- just a camera cage yeah shoot it it's so easy to just spend the time and shoot it good and actually do something interesting with that camera cage. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't feel that. I don't think you should not be good. Mm -hmm. I just think like it's not maybe as hard as maybe some people seem to think it is, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's really, really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. So I I just think, you know, (laughs) once you get to that stage, there's so many other things that you should be focusing on. However, I would say, let me ask you, where do you think knowing that you're good can affect your decision-making as a business owner? Um, I think it gives you the courage to take risks. Mm-hmm. You know, like we went to Engage a couple of years ago, and at one point I wouldn't have been comfortable. 
I feel comfortable going to a gauge now. Very expensive. It's like a $12,000 investment. I feel comfortable. Like, I feel like I can hold my own. Um, like, if you have Facebook ads, you want to run ads. If you don't think you have good work to run in the ad, you're not going to take those risks. I think the more you feel comfortable and confident and it's vetted by feedback about how good you are, the more you can make calculated risks and push your brand harder, go for higher prices. That's what I was going to say. Get in front of people who maybe otherwise like, cause it's prices is a part of it. But like, if you know a couple can afford like any wedding filmmaker, like that's part of it is prices, but part of it is the prices of the people that are like if the category it puts you in. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know you're up against the best of the best and you think I can win a few times, mm-hmm. I can win a few of those fights. Yep. Like my, my work is good enough. I ha- there's a couple for me. Okay. That's that like, it gives you the freedom as a business owner to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. You know, if you don't know, if you stand out, then you're going to be less, you're going to be more risk averse. Knowing that you're good means that raise your prices was the big thing for me that you can have the confidence to be like, I'm good enough to charge that. But then also maybe I'm good enough to send a planner an email and introduce myself and say, Hey, I would love to work. Yeah. They're going to go look at your and work and you're not going to be at like, you. yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Like knowing that you ha- having this self-realization that you're good enough to do a certain thing, um, is a big deal. And that, that's why it matters. Um, but then also I think it's really important for you to like find your barometers, like all the things that we mentioned, whether it's, you know, other people, whether it's yourself, whether it's couples, whether it's planners, whether it's what your mom says about your work, mom's <laughs> opinion is very important. I can't really yeah. remember my mom ever saying anything about what I do. My mom doesn't, but she just shows my work to all of her dental clients. And I've kind of worked that way. So I don't think my mom's cool. ever shown. She will show me singing at church. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like if, if, if I sing at church, but then usually she'll only show my sister singing at church because I'm such a worse singer than them. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so yeah, normally it's, I don't really know what she shows yeah. about me. Priorities, you know, <laughs> it's okay. Well, I'll give you a hug after, uh, uh, it's all good. after the podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that that's that's why I think at the end of the day it is important um and why we dedicated a whole episode to discovering this and talking through this concept. I think what's important to me is like that people feel safe to ask themselves this question. Mm-hmm. That is what's important to me. Is like that someone is like sitting in a moment and they're like actually like I've been having my tires pumped mm-hmm. by educators in the filmmaking world for years who basically told me, eh, forget about that. No, no, just, just what makes you good is if you tell people your value and charge more money. Yeah. And, and actually, no, what makes you good is if you're good at making wedding films. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Mm-hmm. It matters a lot. And, and, like, you need to think about it. And, like, I'm not telling you the answers are easy. And, or I'm, the, like, I'm not even telling you, like, oh, come and ask me and I'll tell you if you're good. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you, like, it's something to explore and it should be part of, like, your evaluation process. Yeah. And, and just kind of thinking about this emotionally, when you are always tying up your identity into this question about, like, are you good? Mm-hmm. And you're always like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Um, we see so many wedding filmmakers that are really good who are always, like, wrapped up in this and, like, they're just, you know... Uh, tumble over this question it kills them like 
um, it's not good for a person personally. I no, feel like. no, no. It's not healthy um, because they're always killing themselves over like, oh, I have to get better. I have to get better. I have to get better. I think just being able to be what, what we did, just being like, we're good filmmakers. I know we're good filmmakers. Um, it's not cocky to say, I, I think I'm a good filmmaker. I make good wedding films. Granted, it's not, you know, 31 films <laughs> uh, good, but I'm also not charging what 31 films there are. And and also, I don't know if I want to become 31 films. I like my business model. I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, and I'm content with that. And I can sleep at night, and I feel like I have a great business. And that's, at the end of the day, what makes me be able to sleep at night and, and feel confident moving forward. Is yeah. And those I, things. I think the ego side is a critical thing to kind of like just settle on in an episode like this because – depersonalizing your work is a skill. I will always tell people like, oh, you're so business oriented. I'm like, do you want me to kill myself? <laughs> because if I wasn't business, if I didn't treat it like work, the failures would be so devastating, they would paralyze you. Mm -hmm. You need to not be paralyzed by your work. It is just work, guys. The fact that you do it doesn't change that it's just work. The more you can kind of depersonalize what you do, not de and that doesn't mean it should make you happy. That's that's depersonalizing it. Not am I happy, but what would make me happy? Yes. Like am I happy making this? That's not relevant. What's relevant is what should you do to make yourself? Oh, well, would you be more happy making more money? Or would, and this is a big question. I always tell people, what would make you happier? Consistently selling a ten thousand dollar wedding. Or making a wedding film that you liked. I, I think people who answer the latter, 80% of them are lying. <laughs> I think most of them just couldn't imagine ever being able to sell that, but they could imagine what it would be like to make a film that they loved. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think if you were, there's a limit there, right, of like being abused and treated terrible. Like I don't think that... May, there's probably something you'd be like, no amount of money would I do that. But I think a lot of people could solve a lot of personal problems and emotional problems if they could just get over some business humps. Mm -hmm. Their business would be more fun for them. They would enjoy it more. They would be willing to shoot more, for all I know, if they were just giving them ease and making them more money. Yeah. I, I would also just say, at the very least – when you view your work this way as work and not like a part of your identity, um, at the very least, you'll probably edit your films faster. <laughs> you won't take forever to just, you know, uh, labor over, is it done? Is it done? Is it done? When you make it less of like, this is a piece of art and more of like, this is uh, a, a film that I created. I'm very proud of. And this couple's gonna love it, and it's good. Well, even send like it out. this individual thing I'm making at the moment was as good as I could do that day. Mm -hmm. And in the future, I'll try to do better, mm -hmm. right? So it's a journey of becoming good, not so much what you like. You can't polish a turd. Yep. So there's only or there's only so much you can, but but I think at the end of the day, most people are like trying to improve who they were. And not thinking about how to improve who they want to be, mm -hmm. and like it's neat, it's pointless to live in regret, but it's great to live with purpose. Yes, yes, that, that's a great way to put it. So, um, so anything else you want to add, Jay? You should want to get good. Yeah, that's what I would say. This is a great goal. Yeah, 
It should be inspiring and fun. Yep. It is the actual journey. Like, shoot better. Make more money. Like, everyone should want to do that. If you don't want to do that, you get off the boat um, and get out of the way and let people who are going to do it do it. Yep. But, like, you know, I, I don't see why that's revolutionary, though. I mean, doesn't <laughs> everybody want to do that? Yeah. Well, if the, the people that are listening this far into the episode, uh, I think <laughs> either forgot that we're on or you want to <laughs> get good. <laughs> so, uh, guys, other ways to get good uh, would be to join our Facebook group. Uh, we have about 16,000, more than that, uh, uh, members as a part of the Facebook group, just Wedding Film School. Um, that's where you can ask questions and get a ton of information um, through asking questions from members just like us, wedding filmmakers that have been in, in the industry for years, also newbies, um, potentially like yourself. Um, also, uh, we have a YouTube channel, Wedding Film School. Uh, we actually have two YouTube channels. One is our traditional YouTube content where we're doing gear reviews and a lot of techie stuff. The other one is for the Wedding Film School show. Uh, make sure you follow both of those uh, as well as click the bell so you get notified when we release. Something you want to say there, Jay? What? Wait, you were going to say something. I was thinking about saying they should sign up as members, but then I was thinking like, I don't want to say that, but then you called me out. <laughs> so now I just said. Well, you can become a member. Uh, it helps the you, channel. You get priority. On, like, I, I guess I would say this. You know, um, we do this basically for free. It takes up a large amount of our time. We definitely someday want to find a way to make money with it. So, like, I don't think I, that's a secret or any. I don't even think it's a terrible idea. You should make money. That allows us to do it. And so I don't mind saying if you want to support us, we um, welcome that. Yeah, yeah. And you can support us by being a member. You can support us by buying things on our affiliate links. You can support us just by telling people it's great. Um, but it means a lot to us when you do. And we definitely know you don't have to do that. Yep, yep, totally. So lots of ways to get involved, to learn, to support Wedding Film School. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. And we'll see you again soon right here on Wedding Film School. Goodbye.